You are listening to the Archaeology 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 Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anarchaeologist. This is episode number 10. Yes. Yes, number 10. We've made it this far. And today I am talking to Gabe Moshenka. Um, which I've probably mispronounced that name. Uh, Today we're talking about an oral history project called The Archaeologists Who Built London. And today I want to welcome Gabe. Hello there. Thank you very much. Uh, Are you well today? Oh, not too bad as it goes. Yeah, can't complain. Uh, It's getting into December now. Are you uh, ready for christmas or are you kind of uh you kind of hoping that doesn't appear too quickly um to be honest completely unprepared completely disorganized and i've barely started my christmas shopping at all but mm. i have been enjoying my advent calendar so i've got a a countdown started that i can't stop <laughs> uh just be careful you know if it gets too stuffy you know if you have the window open all the windows that's okay <laughs> <laughs> do you know i i don't know if you're one of these people like um Actually, some of my friends, uh, one of my friends, he waits until the 24th and then eats all of them. I don't know. Do you do that with your advent calendar? I No, I don't do that. And to be honest, I find people who have that degree of self-control quite scary. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they're probably judging me. Um, well, as long as you don't eat a day ahead, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, so can you tell us a little bit about this oral uh, history project? So, how did this the idea for this oral history project come into effect what made you think of it well i've been working in the, the history of archaeology as an area of research for quite a few years now and it's something i find fascinating um i've been working mostly in the history of 19th century archaeology but my interests are very broad and i've lived in, in london now for about mm-hmm. 13 years and london archaeology is in my incredibly a biased opinion, some of the most fascinating archaeology in the world. We have such an amazing history, such an amazing um, am- am- amount of material, but also the, the history of archaeological work in, in London is just mm. uh, it's pretty amazing, starting in, obviously, early archaeology in London mm. in the Victorian period and afterwards, but particularly the period that interests me is in the aftermath of the Second World War when London, in, in areas, particularly around St Paul's Cathedral, London is levelled, and there are huge areas that are just open, and for the first time in centuries, there's the possibility for archaeologists to explore the remains of Roman London, medieval London, to try and find Anglo-Saxon London. It's an extraordinary period. And then in the decades after that, <clears throat> In the, in the years after the Second World War, you have the emergence of organisations that are s- set up to explore the archaeology of London. You have people like like W.F. Grimes working on it, Ivan Noel Hume working out of the Guildhall Museum. And then in the later on in the 70s, organisations like the Department of Urban Archaeology and... Um, <clears throat> later on Museum of London Archaeology and you start to see them pioneering new advanced approaches to complex urban stratigraphy, recording and excavation and you you realise that the history of archaeology really centres around Mm -hmm. London, the history of archaeological fieldwork in particular. 
that's really really cool that starts to explain some of why mm. i think the archaeology of london and the archaeologists who worked in london are historically interesting at the same time oh, pardon <clears throat> sorry i was gonna say at the same time i've got a a background of working in oral history in various aspects of, of my research not actually on the history of archaeology but when i was working on the archaeology of various second world war sites i was carrying out oral history interviews alongside um, the excavations and i've got a, a sort of ideological commitment to oral history as i do to public archaeology i think oral history has emerged in this country at least as part of a people's history of history from below the history of ordinary working people and their and their lives so i think that's what makes it something that i'm interested in as a historical methodology but also for studying the experience of of the ordinary diggers working who worked in london archaeology over the past 60 years or more i i think it is by far the, the most the most of valuable Mm-hmm. Methodology. So, what is your um, what is your methodology for actually acquiring this oral history? Because obviously, uh, when you you know describe um, other kind of archaeological investigations, it's usually digging up records, historical um, historical identities, and you know putting it to a report. I mean, what is what is different about this project when you're talking about oral histories? Are you writing them down or are you recording them? Um, well, the aim is to record as many interviews as possible. Um, I have recruited a quite large group of volunteers who are people with an interest in the history of London and with interest in the archaeology of London as well. And um, the idea is that we will, between us, record as many interviews with these archaeologists as we can, and this will form um, an archive of all history recordings. And then what we will try and do as well is to um, transcribe those recordings. Now that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's ever ever uh, um, transcribed interviews for every hour of interview, it can take you four, mm-hmm. five, six hours to um, type it all out. It's a very slow, painful process. But, but at the same time, it's a process where you you really engage with the with the story. You you listen to the story in that much more depth. So that's our aim. Our aim is um, the, the team as a whole to create an archive that will sit alongside the material archive from the excavations of the sites in London over the years and the documentary archive of those sites as well. Hopefully the oral history will shed light on those excavations, on the the, the great and small excavations of London, as well as revealing more than the excavations uh, themselves can reveal about the lives of archaeologists their their working lives their backgrounds their their career paths over over the years i think that's something that will be of enormous interest inside archaeology but also outside i think i think it, it's part of the history of london and something that people will, will be interested to learn about it is very interesting to actually have that kind of perspective when we're talking about archaeology in the past, especially when we're talking about a time when archaeology, um, before uh, new archaeology, before post-processionalism, we're talking about archaeology in the kind of the 40s and 50s. And it's been quite interesting to see how, you know, what kind of um, interpretive differences we would make, wouldn't, isn't it? 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm, have you have you had a chat? Uh, I mean, when is the what's the timeline for this project? I mean, is this going to ha- uh, go into next year, into the year after? When are you hoping to start? Um, at the moment, the stage we're at is fundraising. Um, I am hoping over the next two months to raise enough money to get the project started. Basically, what we need is a set of high-quality recording equipment and the material to back it up. But also, we need, for the team of volunteers and myself, we need, we need some training. I'm determined mm-hmm. that, that to collect the, the highest quality interviews that we can and to create the best possible archive, we need professional standard recording equipment and we, we need proper training. So um, I'm raising funds for that at the moment through a, a crowdsourcing site through a MicroPasts, um, okay. which I, I urge you all to check out and donate generously. And if that all goes ahead, then hopefully we'll run our training for volunteers early in the new year at the start of 2015. And the idea is that the first stage of the project release will run throughout the calendar year 2015. Wish I was done in London now. Uh, well. Sounds absolutely awesome. Um, just so obviously, um, oral history is um, something that archaeologists, anthropologists come into um, contact with quite a lot, especially the term. But often it's more to describe uh, history where there's no written record or there's no written language. I mean, have you found that people kind of say, well, you know, why, why are you looking for an oral history when we have historical records written down? I mean, what do you think about that? I think that's certainly a argument that people have made. But then equally, um, I work in contemporary and historical archaeology, and it's an argument people make about historical archaeology as well. There's no need for the archaeology because the, the written records are perfect. And, of course, anyone who's ever worked with written records knows mm-hmm. that's complete crap. Um, written records are always, always at most uh, partial, incomplete, mm-hmm. and uh, reflect just one, one particular perspective. And in archaeology, um, in particular, those you know, anyone who's worked in field archaeology, and I've not myself worked as mm-hmm. um, I've, I've not myself worked in commercial archaeology, but I know many many people who have. Mm-hmm. The perspective that e- that ends up in the archive and as the final report can have not very much at all to do with the experience of the individual diggers on the ground. No, uh, sometimes I'm sure it's more about of course. the technical of course. side of things, the hard, cold science, right? Because, you know, well, we can't test the meaning. We can't test feelings, goddammit. Emotions, we don't need them. Uh. But, of course, oral histories in comparison give us a a kind of a feeling about something. And I, I, I think that's something that's um, obviously missing from a, um, a lot of records. So, I mean, would I mean, would you encourage people to have histories or oral histories of their 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 digging i mean is this something we should see in archaeology should people kind of you know keep audio diaries what would you like to see people do differently now that we haven't really done before i think that's a very interesting argument i think you need to th- to look back into the past and think if say mortimer wheeler in his excavations at maiden castle in the 1930s had an audio diary what interest would that have for archaeologists to now and, and of what value would it be to us when for example that 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 site was re-excavated 60 years on what wouldn't it have been wonderful to have been able to have insights into why particular bits of work would were done the way they were why 
um, certain decisions were made, why certain interpretations were made. Because, I mean, Maiden Castle is a classic example. The final report is beautiful. The final published report is beautiful. But it's almost too organised, too slick. It it would be nice to know the stories behind it. And I think, I, I feel the same way when I'm working through archaeological archives now, when, when looking through material archives and documentary archives. And to some extent, the the museum displays that some of them uh, are integrated into. It's fascinating, but it can feel a little bit um, dry and impersonal. Mm. And I think adding in that personal element, the experience of the people working on that site, the whether they were, were cold, wet and miserable, whether they were being pestered by the public, mm-hmm. and their, their, their own personal feelings about the site, whether there were particular things they found that were fascinating and exciting to to them personally. Mm-hmm. I want the, those stories, the, the anecdotes, to become part of, of the historical rural record along with the material archive and the documents. So who do you think the records and archives currently have been made in mind with? Obviously, um, there are stuff that is missing, as you've pointed out. You know, these kind of ideas and how people feel digging, which is obviously extremely important. And who do you think uh, the archives have been made for? at the moment because i would argue that possibly they're made for people like politicians who just need to sort out where money goes in terms of heritage rather than people who actually care about the past what do you think i think archaeological archives are some of those wonderful things we have i think the sheer um quantity of archaeological material that they are required to hold is terrifying And archaeological archives are under-resourced, under-thought about. That's not not really a word, is it? They are not thought about (laughs) enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a a tragedy. Now, in terms of the way they are organised and their nature, the things that they hold, this has been established by a convention over a long period of, of time. And they are responding to the financial and time limitations of contemporary commercial archaeology so they are like all things in the real world they are um, compromises Mm -hmm. so i'm not criticizing archaeological archives or archivists but i'm suggesting that there are things that we can add yeah there are things that we can insert into these archaeological archives that will help not only in the historic um dimension of the, of the sites in question, but will actually be of use to people in the future who visit those archives trying to reinterpret and understand the, the material that they hold. Of course. And, I mean, I have said many times on the show that their greatest understanding of the pre- past is in the future. Because as we go along, we develop, we get better and better, uh, hopefully get a better and better understanding the past, although... I don't know. That can be debated in itself. So obviously, archives for the future are very, very important. Hey there, An Archaeologist podcast listeners. Archie Webby, or Chris Webster, here from the Archaeology Podcast Network. I just wanted to let you know what we have in store for the next couple months. We officially launched the APN on December 1st. In the first month, we have five shows. The fine show that you're listening to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, the Struggling Archaeologist's Guide to Getting Dirty, the Archaeotech Podcast, and Profiles in CRM. Coming in January, we're adding three more shows, Excavating Sex, 
Archaeological Fantasies, which is all about debunking pseudo-archaeology and features co-host and author Ken Fader. And finally, Pioneers in CRM. There is a fourth show that I'll keep a secret since I don't really know if I can pull it off yet. So come on over to the Archaeology Podcast Network at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com and check us out. On the website, you can listen to shows, suggest show topics, and leave a donation so we can continue to bring you great shows. By January, we'll have about 14 archaeology podcasts per month. To me, that's worth supporting. Now, back to Tristan and the Anarchaeologist Podcast. Where would you like, what kind of, if we could send a digital recorder back in time, where would you like to see the, where would you like to hear from? What, where, what kind of thing in the past would you like to hear from? If we had an audio um, recording device and we could record oral history of any place in the world, where do you think you'd like to send it? Are we talking about archaeologists in the past or any period of the any past? Any period in the past. We'll get to archaeologists in a second. Excellent question. <laughs> um, I mean, partly because I'm a, a British archaeologist, uh-huh. I think I would very much like to know what the hell was was going on at Stonehenge at various periods. <laughs> Just, you know, stick a, a digital r- r- recorder in there and um, listen to mm. the people laying out the plan um, deciding at various points of time to modify mm-hmm. it, but of course, you know, I'd get the recording back and I wouldn't know what the hell they were talking yeah, about. No, exactly. However, <laughs> I, I I do remember seeing ages ago. I can't remember if it was a cartoon or a story. Mm-hmm. Um, someone s- sends a camera back in time mm-hmm. to the site of Stonehenge yeah. to try and record what's going on there, and what they record is some startled looking people yeah who look um very surprised and then start worshiping this thing that's appeared out the, out of the sky uh-huh. and it's of course that what stonehenge is set up for is to worship this time traveling camera ah uh, yeah no of course the uh, uh something out of nothing uh paradox i like it so i would be wary sending my voice recorder back in time because once you start interfering you know you know oh well that's that's only if the future situation that's there. only if the universe is a uh, linear time progression uh, not like an oh for god's sake no don't start this <laughs> you, you know what this is going to happen is this going to get into time travel stuff um of course yeah i'd like to know i'd like to know what was happening uh down the northwest coast about 18 to se- uh, 17 to eighteen thousand years ago uh the we- northwest coast of america i want to know where they were going and why they were going across the Beringer strait and um uh, the Bering strait and what they were doing and how how early were they in america because that's one of the things that doesn't get talked about is the cultures of the people heading over at that time instead it's just like people are trying to find the earliest date possible mm-hmm. but uh, i would actually i i'd also i'd like to hear um some of the archaeological greats you know i'd like to actually hear um a lot of the archaeologists at the start of the 20th century um I'd like to know what they kind of, if we could get them all in a room together, like what kind of things would they come up with? Because obviously there's a lot of difference between uh, them, (laughs) um, each other, but there's also a lot of difference between us and them. Um, So it would be really interesting to actually hear what's going on in people's minds, not just what they write down, because at the end of the day, written records are just 
what people can be bothered to write down. Uh, I agree. I think this is why um, in the oral history of archaeology, one of the things that has inspired me the most is the work of, of Pamela Jane Smith and the Personal Histories Project in Cambridge. And what they have done over the years is exactly that. They have, they have brought together um, groups of people who worked at particular places or, or on particular aspects of archaeology in the past and held on conversations and recorded their conversations and their interviews about their work. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously people who, who've been working in the 50s, 60s and onwards. But um, that, that idea that you get people together who maybe worked together 50 years ago but have not s seen each other after that and then put them together and, and hear what they talk about, it is fascinating and it's been a very effective thing. So, so Pamela's work has really been an inspiration in me for, for me to pursue mm -hmm. all histories of archaeology. Although it's, uh, it's quite interesting that uh, archaeologists seem to be the kind of people who uh, take uh, take people who have been far apart for quite a long period of time, put them in a room together, record it, and you know, <laughs> stare, like look through the like uh, the double the single sided mirror and kind of like, come on, say something, say something interesting about history. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, obviously. You, you're not intending to have like a, a one-way mirror and wait for people to say stuff in this wonderful um, setup. I, it's well, no, I wasn't planning to, but now you've now you suggested ah, it. I see. <laughs> this is this is why you need to hire me. I, I come up with all the great ideas here, and uh, I, I think well, yeah, yeah, hitching on there is the stuff that I'm trying to record is not hidden away. There yeah. are people in in pubs around London and far beyond having these these conversations right now, remembering sites they worked on in the past, I mean, whether it's 50 years ago or last year, yeah. all I'm trying to do is say that actually these conversations, these bits of, of gossip, their stories, their tall stories, I think all that should be part yeah. of an archive. And I think this is, this is the thing about um, when people think about archiving the past, they do put a kind of, there's a kind of priority on certain things and people feel that, you know, it has to be good enough to be archived. Whereas I, I, I think this project is great because it turns that on its head and says, actually, you know, we want something that may not be considered to be, you know, completely, you know, almost like made for the archive. Instead, it's grabbing what's already there i think that's really really admirable and i think we need to stop looking at archives as monolithic kind of authoritative um things rather they are storage of data you know an archive is you know it's the non-physical manifestation of a hard drive and um you know we have to i think people give a lot of stock to archives and what it means is when they want to add information, they have to kind of feel as if there's a little bit of performance to be done before the information goes in. And I, I don't know, do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? Uh, does this make sense? Absolutely. I think one of the important things about all history, all histories always come from this idea that everyone is historically important, that, that, that there are, that ordinary people's everyday lives and experiences are historically significant and, and are worth worth recording. And there's something quite radical there, something quite egalitarian that I, I, I firmly believe in. Um, at the same time, I am slightly wary, and it's something that uh, I think archaeologists are guilty of particularly, Sli wary of slipping into this idea <laughs> that everything is worth archiving, mm -hmm. that everything should be archived. 
because that kind of archival <laughs> mindset leads to chaos um, and a world where nothing's allowed to change, where everything's stored. You become the historical mm -hmm. version of one of those crazy hoarders. And I think that's something we need to be aware of. So while I am, as I say, interested in talking to a huge range of, 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 yeah. of, of, of people and collecting stories, um, there will be a, a point somewhere along the way where I say, okay, stop, that's enough. Uh, obviously that decision is, you know great care is taken with that decision you know at the end of the day the choice to include and the choice to you know not include are very very important uh, as part of any archaeological uh, endeavor but i think you're right you know um there is a kind of tendency i'd say in the vein of preserving for future archaeologists to come back and maybe have a better look at um uh, what do you think is the best way to sort out an archive then? Obviously, you know, we get some audio in there, but um, we get some other data. But what would you say, what do you say is the important stuff, personally? Oh, Lord, oh. I'm not an archivist. <laughs> um, do you mean just an all-history archive, an archaeological archive, or what? I'd say an archaeological archive. What do, you, what do you usually look for in archaeological archives? What is important, do you think? Um, what's important to me in archaeological archives is the archivists. Um, that sounds a bit bit um, glib, but mm -hmm. archaeological arch archivists are people who can work wonders. Yeah, and I think I'm coming at this not as a field archaeologist because mm -hmm. I'm not particularly, and I'm, as I say, I have n I have never worked in commercial archaeology, but I'm coming at this from a, a research perspective. Yeah. I'm an archaeological researcher, and from an archaeological research perspective. Archives are wonderful yeah. because if you know what you're looking for, if you know what kind of questions you want to ask, you don't go digging holes because you never know what you, you're yeah. going to find. You go to the archive where there is a vast quantity of material where you can carry out comparative studies, you can do quantitative studies. I think that the future of archaeological research is in archives and the, the, the answers to some of the really interesting questions we want to ask in archaeology is in archives. Mm -hmm. So I've not answered your question there. <laughs> it's okay. You, because honestly, yeah. I don't know enough about, about archives to say whether they should be organized one way or, or, or another. I, I just think they're wonderful. No, it's a, I mean, to be honestly fair, you know, it was a very, a very sly question there anyway. I mean, <laughs> I think... Uh, I, I, I think I agree with you uh, on the, the the need for archivists. Although I must say, I've not really come across anybody whose admiration is to be an archivist. I must say, we, we I think we need to give them a bit uh, we have to treat them like rock stars and then maybe you know more people will be like yeah i want to be an archivist what do you do i sit around archiving stuff it's important yeah i don't know if you've ever seen that advert you know where um it's in front it's it's one of the beer adverts where in france the farmers are treated like rock stars oh the yes. advert with them um, yes yeah and uh, yeah that, is that yeah i can't i kind of think i think i've got a maybe a slightly um different view of archaeological <laughs> archives one's I've been exposed to them the most um, are the ones in the, the collection in the Institute of Archaeology here where I work, okay. but also the London Archaeological Archive and Research Centre, which is the largest archaeological archive in the world and a quite amazing mm -hmm. collection with an amazing team who work, who are managing the archive and who are um, running a quite amazing program of a public events and research and that kind of thing. So I think I've seen the best of archives and that's why, yeah. I, why I've got high regard and high hopes for them. 
see uh from my perspective i've um been dealing with archives online and uh although some of them are really really useful um a lot of their user interfaces are quite um well they're kind of bulky and uh they kind of get in the way of getting information and so for me archives are i've never actually been to in person to an archive I, w- w- like what's can you tell me a bit about what your experiences are in person of these archives um i mean actually um actually visiting these archives um it's the sheer scale of them is quite overwhelming um and the not not just the realization of how much material they hold but of how much material is arriving all the time from excavations and the near impossible um task of of administering all that material and and gaining any kind of under, understanding of it it's it's quite overwhelming um from a from a more sort of um individual individual perspective i i find archives exciting the s- smells of archives the the slightly rows upon rows of the boxes i, I don't know if you've ever been involved in creating material that's going into an archive you can slave for a very long time over a single single box of bags and making sure it's all labeled up and then you feel very much like the the final scene of raiders of the lost ark where the one small box is inserted into the vast yeah. in the massive warehouse and then you look at the uh, warehouse and think dear god that's a lot of excavated material there um, yeah. so yeah that, 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 that's my impression is as in all things i am in indiana jones Ooh. and so, and so, and so get you, obviously out go away i don't i don't want to allow that to be said on this podcast <laughs> yeah, <worth> a try. <laughs> no of course uh, indiana jones is a whole other kettle of fish which i will definitely come to at some point because um i i not really a big fan um as as many archaeologists aren't which is which is one of those funny things um but anyway <laughs> sorry i was gonna say you, you I was gonna ask you, um, <laughs> which of the um the three movies are you least a fan of? Um, I think it's Temple of Doom. Actually, I Temple of Doom is a terrible film. I'm with you there. Yeah, Temple of Doom was bad for a number of reasons. I mean, I didn't like the pacing. Um, I didn't like. Um, I I just didn't like the setup. It was oh, I I did you know I liked obviously the Kalima Kalima kind of you know memorable quotes from that film but i think um the raiders of the lost ark and the last crusade were the better films actually the last crusade was i think arguably the best although i'm more nostalgic about raiders of the lost ark (laughs) you know it's one of those i I know what about yourself um i would say raiders of the lost ark absolutely and then as as the original and the best followed by um, last Crusade. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there is only three Indiana Jones films, and there's not obviously. more any any more coming out. Although I did hear a rumor, I heard a rumor about a fifth film, which would be absolutely ridiculous because I know exactly what it would do. It would just follow the fourth one. That doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, obviously. But don't you find it funny that like um, because in archaeology we don't have a Neil deGrasse Tyson, we don't have a Carl Sagan, uh, we we kind of get indiana jones as our kind of top guy you know what i mean when people hear archaeology they hear you know oh indiana jones right he's an archaeologist whereas when people think about physics you got brian cox you got carl sagan got neil degrasse tyson where's our neil degrasse tyson 
I think it's important to think we, we, that we've had them in the past. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, we had. Obviously, we had uh, the show Mineral Plant or Animal, uh, which was uh, Animal Visual yeah, Mineral. Sorry, yeah, that's the one. Uh, one of those. Yeah, and and that I mean, of on that show, Glenn um, Daniel and Morton Wheeler were named Television Personality of the Year. You would find them on the cover of the Radio Times. That kind of yeah. Level of exposure. We just need another so, round of them. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, but I think part of the problem, part of the reason why we don't have people like that at the moment, is a little bit to do with the nature of archaeology, which is that if you are the kind of archaeologist who might appear on TV, um, there's a risk that your credibility will start to affray <laughs> because of people's of jealousy and uh, small-mindedness. I think there's a move towards of cutting those people. Um, down to size of it, which is self-defeating. I, That's not to say that there aren't some excellent popularizers of archaeology now, like I would say Francis Pryor mm-hmm. is particularly strong on that. I must say they all have really weird haircuts and they also don't really dress that well. I don't know what you think. <laughs> I think you, you can take you can stick an archaeologist on TV, but they're still an archaeologist. Yeah, no, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I do like making the joke. Obviously, being having studied archaeology and having put in my life into it, um, but uh, no, I, I like I understand about people kind of trying to cut each other down to size. I think that's just part of archaeology, isn't it? You know, archaeologists get angry over anything. Um, Quite possibly, but I would say as well. I mean, archaeology as a profession, if you look at the demographics. Mm-hmm. It's particularly if you look at the students coming mm. through. Archaeology is increasingly and overwhelmingly female, mm. and I think if we are are going to have archaeological celebrities, if we're going to try and actually build up archaeological mm. um, celebrity and communicators yeah. who are both experts in their field and excellent um, yeah. public figures and public intellectuals, I think it will be interesting to try and build up some young women in, in in that position. And that would really be more representative of where archaeology is and where it's going. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, that's why, uh, actually, just as an aside, I have to cross-promote. Uh, there's a show on the Archaeology Podcast Network, which is what this podcast is part of, uh, hosted by Jenny McNiven. Uh, it's called The Struggling Archaeologist's Guide to Getting Dirty. And it gets released, uh, I think, on Tuesdays. I can't remember. Uh, I'm really bad for that. But uh, she does an absolutely op- awesome job of doing a podcast. And you're completely right. Like, I, I've, I'm graduated this year, and I'd say good 60 to 70% of my class was women. And uh, I, I definitely noticed the split because uh, I was doing chemistry and archaeology. And there was definitely a split in gender between the two sets of classes. I imagine that would be quite stark, stark distinction there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, in what was taught, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough. Uh, but that's that's obviously that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, you're completely right. I'd love to see um, just ge- in general more communicators, but also uh, more women uh, in archaeology doing communication because um, obviously there was the hashtag recently, uh, women digging. I think it yes. was in the response. Do you remember what it was in response to? Do you remember the story about As it? As I understand, it was in response to the 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 president of Turkey. Okay. Um, who is not someone who I have a great high, great high opinion <laughs> of in the first place. Um, coming out with some absurd statements about the proper role and place of 
women. And he talked about women um, digging in the ground. I presume he meant in terms of agriculture or other kind of labour. But he had a wonderful and I think much deserved backlash from the archaeologists of the world and the women of archaeology. I'm posting lots of wonderful photographs on Twitter and elsewhere of um, women digging. I thought, I thought it was wonderful. I, I, and I, that's what I think is great about um, you know social media and online media is the ability to make these kind of you know uh, back attacks. You know, like kind of uh, responses that I think is really constructive because again, it gets to show um, how how big a role women do play in archaeology. You know, because there are so all these uh, so many pictures going around. Uh, I mean, um, would you like to see uh, archaeological programming back on TV at some point? Obviously, we've I've... we've lost Time Team. You know, um, Time Team has ended. Um, I mean, obviously, there's always reruns. Uh, but I mean, what sort of should we have another Time Team, or should should there be something a little different on TV? I think it's fairly inevitable that it will be a. A, a little bit um, different, but I think Time Team initially, at least, mm-hmm. got a lot right. Mm-hmm. It did, yeah. And I think um, its extraordinarily long life and 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 success are a, a marker of that. I think where it started to fail um, was when they slightly lost sight of what made it popular originally, mm-hmm. and had fewer experts and became a little bit more patronizing yeah so i think what we what we, it would be nice to see and not, i haven't got a hope in hell of seeing it is 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 a programming that does not patronize the viewer yeah and does not think they need to to be shown sort of a, um sparkly stuff to maintain their interest yeah no definitely um i know that the there's a few image macros going around going Oh yes, uh, prehistoric pottery. Oh no, we find Saxon gold again. <laughs> Proudly cl- proclaiming, yeah. Well, at least we got some. Uh, we got this wonderful hoard of metal shiny objects. When really, you know, um, <laughs> things like uh, pottery and uh, you know, like the advent of agriculture is far more interesting. Far more interesting. Uh, but. You know, I, I I can't even remember what were we originally talking about on the show. <laughs> you know what? I, I barely remember, but I have got a vague feeling. So, it was um, if people want to catch up more about the oral history project, where do they go? Um, well, that's a, that's a good question because it's not just about catching up. What what I'm trying to do at the moment is actually to um, crowd fund um, setting up the project. So, would you mind if I do? completely abrasive uh, I guess I guess a bit I'll, of advertising uh, I'll, let fly, I'll let us fly go on go on do your advertising hey. Hey. Um, basically um, we are trying to crowd fund just a little bit of money not much money at all to get the the all history project of the archaeologists who have built London off the ground um, and this is being run through a project called Micropasts, run by UCL and the British Museum. They are trying to crowdfund a number of, of, of community archaeology initiatives at, at the moment, so I urge people to check them out and to, um, to um, donate generously. It's an excellent project. <laughs> 
Thank so you very my much, plug. Gabe. And uh, hopefully we'll bring you back and you can tell us a little bit more uh, when it's got off the ground. Um, I'll have a link down to Micropasts and the Oral History Project uh, in the show notes below and you can donate whatever you'd like. It's a great project and I think it's a great idea and um i think you should i think you should support it you know no you don't need to financially support it but you should uh that was uh that's today's episode all wrapped up remember you can head over to the archaeology podcast network if you want to hear more great uh archaeology podcasts we've got the crm archaeology podcast we've got the struggling archaeologist guide to getting dirty we've got profiles in crm and we've got more shows coming up really really soon this has been an archaeologist podcast um i'm going to be updating on the archaeology podcast network site so you can go back through all the different episodes and hear what i've been talking about if you're interested in getting involved you can send me an email admin at anarchaeologist.co.uk i'm always looking for new guests to talk about things and if you think you've got something to talk about or you want to argue with me in some form or just have a nice chat please, please do get in contact. Well, thank you again, uh, Gabe, and I wish you all the best with your project. Thank you very much. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com